Welcome back to For the Record Black Officer Perspectives. This is the host, G. Michael. We need to talk. That is the title of this episode. We need to talk. Uh, of course, uh, if you're a regular listener, you know the reason I started this podcast was I felt that the opinions or perspectives of black police officers were underrepresented in media. And uh, I wanted to create something so people can hear that we all don't think the same. We all don't have the same opinions, um, but we need to talk, meaning the community citizens, non-police officers, non-criminal justice officials, your uh, perspectives, your opinions, what you have to say also deserves a place on this podcast. Um, so I've started uh, one and hopefully many conversations I'm having with the public as well as uh, police officers in the future. Um, but this great conversation with a, uh, a man I met in the community by working um, one of my off-duty jobs. As you know, police officers have a lot of side jobs in most cities. And uh, he worked in a business where officers are in there every day uh, in between his uh, handling uh, his job. We would have some great conversations. I, I knew him to be someone that was very opinionated, but he was honest and open enough. We were able to get a report of, if nothing else, to respect as black men that we should, we can talk with each other. So I told him about the podcast a while back. He liked it. And I offered him a chance to come on and uh, he's accepted that chance or that challenge. But I, I really just want to uh, record two black men sitting down discussing things in the community, uh, trying to come up with a solution uh, with a, a respectable conversation. So the conversation went so well, we had to divide it up into two segments. I'm getting ready to get right into the first one. But I'm so excited that we uh, went this route with the podcast. And hopefully I can get some more um, honest and uh, respectful um, individuals from the community to join me on For the Record. Uh, I'm really excited about this one. So I'm going to get right into it. Thanks for joining For the Record, Black Police Officers, Black Police Officers Perspectives. Listen up. It's your mic. Welcome back to For the Record, Black Police Officer Perspectives. This is your host, G. Michael. Uh, today, I switched it up a little bit. Uh, I'm going to have a guest on, and this guest is uh, not a police officer, not in the criminal justice field, uh, but just this is, this is a, a black man that we have a lot of good conversations. Uh, we'll talk about how we kind of got together, how I met him, but uh, this is Rafiq. Um, we're gonna have some good conversations, still about policing, policing in our community, still about law enforcement. But I want that perspective of a citizen, 
um, that needs to be represented as well. And I think it's good uh, for those that are listening to kind of see how I um, answer some questions. I don't have an outline here. We haven't set up any questions. This is just a straight up conversation. Um, there may be some knowledge shared both ways, but I really would like you guys to see that, uh, you know, I'm not coming off of the script. I'm coming from my heart with a lot of these answers that I'm giving about um, my experiences in my profession. So um, just to get going, man, and before we get into, you know, the subject at hand, uh, thanks for coming in, Rafiq. I appreciate you helping me out with the podcast. I know I told you about it, uh, you know, a few months ago. And I really think we have a good rapport as far as just talking about stuff. Uh, you know, I know I met you at one of my off-duty gigs. You know, police officers have a lot of side jobs. Uh, and working there, you know, in between you handling customers, we a lot of times I had to, you know, kick some knowledge down to you about sports a lot. So I know you're indebted to me. And so I feel like you paying me back now by giving you all this knowledge about sports by helping me out on the podcast. So uh, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to give my uh, perspective from what I know and what I, how I feel. And like you said, you coming from the heart, so will I. And it's right off the top of the head. We don't have, it's the truth. We don't have no script. So hey, yeah. I, I'm ready to see how this, how this goes. And, you know, I was messing with you, man. You know, we had a lot of good conversations about a lot of stuff as black men should, but uh, you know, talking about what's going on right now in the NBA, man, uh, one of my sons is a big Golden State Warriors fan. And, you know, just to not break his heart all the way, I said, it's going, well, they're going to win it in seven. He's like, oh, no, they're going to win it in six. But uh, the way it's going right now, man, I, they, they probably aren't going to win. And, and the crazy thing is, uh, I am a Lakers fan, um, but I, I've been a Lakers fan since uh, since the early days, and I really, truly wasn't a LeBron fan, and it's just because of how I was uh, brought up. I was more of a loyal and team kind of guy, and from from the new era, how they skip from team to team, that's just not right. my my style and I really kind of have been cut off from uh, watching NBA here recently. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, I don't like that that either. I, you know, he's one of the main ones, the first ones I remember, but there have been others. But, I mean, it's kind of good in a way that players are starting to be more empowered mm -hmm. and, they, and they understand it's a business. But for that young kid that really loves their hometown team and, and falls in love with a hero on their team i guess you really just have to get used to just following your your individual hero around throughout the career so it's rare that those big names stay in one place and building these super teams it's kind of crazy to me but you yeah. know you know I, I grew up in an era where it was evident who the greatest was and still is <laughs> Uh, you know, so you know, but but I say number two is Kobe, man. Right, you know, right. I, we, we, we don't even gotta, had it. We, we really don't even have to say Michael Jordan. We understand. We understand that Michael what Jordan you, is where you was headed. Yeah, yeah. We um, understand. That. Let me say this, especially being that we are uh, speaking on the behalf of black men. Mm -hmm. Um, now I honestly can say that I I'm not a fan of a lot of the things he's done as far as NBA goes, mm -hmm. but I like the 
the things that he stands on. Some as far, yeah, right. I was gonna yeah. get to the, the name. Yeah, I like the things that he stands for as uh as a black man. The fact that he has his same wife, she's a black woman, you know, he takes care of his kids, he don't he hasn't gotten any kind of trouble outside outside of sports or right. anything really anything but right yeah and i do like that about him uh especially being the face of the league or one of the main faces of the league and have that money thrust at you at such a young age uh you know he and his people around him have done a good job keeping his brand mm-hmm. um you know pretty much pretty clean i mean yeah. nobody's perfect and now you know uh somebody else is following in in that path is Giannis. That's right now. Giannis is one of my favorite players. Just how he carries himself, how uh, his his story, uh, and, and just what he brings to the to the game in the heartfelt way he brings it. So that kind of leads me into you know the subject at hand. Uh, you know, we really probably will never have a reason not to talk about police and the community. Mm-hmm. But I always say, and I've said in prior podcasts. The police are the community. They're part of the community. I don't know where it started, where, and it's way before my time, where it started, where, you know, we have to figure out, I mean, we as police officers have to figure out ways to hear the community, talk to the community. Uh, It's, you know, because I know what goes on in the community. As you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. my barbershop's down the street. You know, I do things in the city that I work all the time. I'm not visiting here. This is where I'm from well I can I I can say that I can speak on prior to and as a person that's out in the community quite often um one thing is like I think the attachment from the citizen to the police has kind of changed like we used to know him as officer friendly i mean you know mm-hmm. that was because it was a relationship that was kind of established back in the days but now with everything seen out in the public it is more of a fear of the cop than i mean of a police i'm trying to say the proper man time. you can say whatever you want to <laughs> say just, but i'm saying you know for the for, right. for professional um but for the police, like, you know, it's a fear for most people. And I'm saying, I'm glad that I've I've gotten to know you and others that were coming into the place. But you can ask probably nine out of 10 people when even people that has everything in order, like legally, I'm saying like, if a police gets behind them, mm-hmm. it's an automatic fear. Right. It's like, oh, they about to pull me over. Or then you start thinking, let me check. Do, <laughs> do I have all my insurance? Is my tags right? Uh, did I make sure I turn, put my turn signal on? You start automatically start fearing. Just I, it, like I say, it's a fear that's automatically been installed, and I don't, I don't know where that started but it is it's there it's present i was thinking about how i got to meet you and that's just working at um one of my off-duty jobs and Mm -hmm. sometimes two officers a day you know one each shift would be in there with you uh and in a way that's a good community even though that's away from the 
away from the job. Mm -hmm. I think these off-duty jobs really help us have a different connection with the community besides just coming up with a way for us to make money. Right. A lot of times it gives us time to have those conversations we may not have time to have if I came in there on the call. Mm -hmm. You know, the good thing about, you know, this establishment where, you know, I met you, it's in my area, so I get to come in there anyway and mm -hmm. I, you know, I just check on everyone. But it builds that relationship. And a lot of times I'll say it before, you know, fear comes from the unknown. A lot of times the only way you can dispel or get rid of the fear is through education. Mm -hmm. The more you know about something, the less you fear it. And a lot of times that feeling that people don't like um, it's fear. They might tell you that it's they hate me, they hate you, or it's mm -hmm. anger. But it's really they're mad that they it's the sight of someone that makes them feel uneasy. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it doesn't go away. And I've been a police officer 23 years. I don't like police getting behind me. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So mm -hmm. uh, because I, I've been a black man longer than that. Mm -hmm. But that's sad to say because right there i pitted black people against police right mm -hmm. so part of that is i'm a product of some of the same institutions the same media same education systems that, that do these things because uh i've never gone into any meeting or heard any meeting that straight said all right we have to have a specific uh way we're going to deal with black criminals or let's break up black community you know now what do you say about this? I think that police departments are no different. I'm just throwing stuff out to see mm -hmm. what we can grab onto. Police departments are no different than any other organization in America because America itself has every issue that police departments have. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, our actions as police officers are thrust into the media more. And what I mean by that, the elephant in any room in America will always be our history, right? Our history of how this country was made, how we got the land to make it, make the country, who made the country, who got credit for making the country. So the race issue, people don't know their own history on either, on either, either side. We ignore these things to work at places, but it doesn't, we don't really bring it up unless you have a conflict at a job. Just to throw something at you, because right. I, I, uh, I gather, I think I gather what, what you're talking about. But okay, so, and, and I'm sure you can talk for both of these because me knowing you now, mm -hmm. I know that you're a veteran. Mm -hmm. But I don't think the same perspective is is taken or looked at when you're talking about uh, a vet as far as the military goes right, uh -huh. and a policeman think about this a uh, policeman is coming to enforce uh, whatever situation is going on at that time so is mu um, a military person if they have to come in and and rectify a situation um, but when you look at a military person, if they're in their uh, uniform, a person gives them the proper respect. Right. If I'm talking about, if you're talking about us. Right. If we look at a policeman, we automatically have right. a hatred, 
all kind of different stuff. But so before I answer that, I'll give you my opinion. Why do you think that is? Um, because um, I think that people look at it as the military is fighting on our behalf and the police are against us. Right. That's yeah, I mean, and, and okay, that that those are the facts, right? The, um how well when I say facts, those are the prevalent opinions. Those are the most you know, I will say this country has also had a up and down relationship with the military as well, if you ask any Vietnam veteran for instance. But for the most part the military things that could be questionable or the things we don't like to see don't happen in front of us. Mm -hmm. So when you see military personnel, 90% of the times you get to see them in in garrison or, or you get to see them in the community away from what they may or may not be doing. Mm -hmm. I would say having done both, the responsibility and the stressors and the burdens are way greater as a police officer. Right, because I'm deemed to be closer to the decision making. Mm -hmm. If CNN, if I'm an individual soldier and CNN was over there with me in Afghanistan and it happened to capture me doing something that was questionable, mm -hmm. that would go to public policy or United States policy in that country. It wouldn't, they wouldn't really say, why is that individual soldier doing something pretty pretty much mm -hmm. but if that same reporter caught me or not caught but showed me do something i could be following rules mm -hmm. but if it was in the united states then it's that individual police officer mm -hmm. you I know you. because in the united sense. states um both of them are government officials both of them see a soldier and a police per, uh, officer are the most recognizable or the most uh approachable still government officials. So a lot mm -hmm. of times, a lot of government policy, right or wrong, the only time you see it implemented um, in an emergency situation are the police. But if you think of any um, organization, mm -hmm. you know that person that's coming to your door is not the one that's creating the rules for their department. They didn't make the laws that they're enforcing mm -hmm. and they don't control the sentencing. They didn't control anything but them applying for that job to put themselves in that situation to be the one that has to contact you at your front door. Now, you say you've been there for 23 Three years. years. Yeah. Do you do you believe that sometimes, not necessarily you, but just police in general, over-enforce rules sometimes? Oh, yeah, right. So sometimes that's how that's looked at. Um, and just say, I mean, I know it, like I, like I said, I tried to say, there are teachers that may discipline certain kids more than others, right? Their employers may believe one employee over another. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of factors that come from our racial issues and our lack of education when it comes to cultures in this country, no matter where we work. But we kind of let those other ones slide as that's indicative of that individual person or that individual organization. But imagine if you got a bad, if you, you, if you were a barber and you gave a bad haircut, but that bad haircut reflected on every barber in the world. 
Or what if you were the best barber in your city, but they put on the news a bad haircut in another city and it reflected on you. And y'all ain't even go to the same barber school. Y'all didn't, I mean, nothing is the same except y'all just happen to do the same. They use the same word to describe what you guys do. But back to your original thing. You no, said, dude, okay, that, so. That, I'll follow that. Police officers are human beings. Let me, mm-hmm. the first thing you said, that's about, uh, overly, it's so hard, like I say, it's so hard for me to say, like for instance, I'm gonna just tell you this. In a major city, most people, they live in a major city they have a fear of going into the smaller communities around the country when they drive across the country they don't want to see those quote unquote small town officers which we know a lot of times like in the south especially and you know i work in a major city but this is just i'm saying this on the behalf of i'm thinking how it may be in a smaller town because i know how we do in a major city we ignore a lot of stuff in a major city because we don't have time to deal with it we don't have manpower to deal with it we don't have a prosecutor or judges that will do anything if we did arrest you for it so therefore we tend to let a lot of things go but if you go a few miles down the highway and that officer stops you arrests you for that same thing we're trained to think that had to be racial it could be they don't have as many things going on. They may not ignore that, or they may have a better relationship with their prosecutors and the judges. And not to say that the law is different, it's just enforced differently because they're not overwhelmed the same way a small town hospital may not be overwhelmed like a big town hospital or anything else. Anytime social services, they're overwhelmed in bigger cities. Gotcha. Hmm. I, I never took that in consideration, but I, I did feel feel I've I've felt that way. Like yeah, yeah, I felt that way. I guess. Uh, now, not to say now the other side of it, because I also was a person that uh, was a recruiter and I worked in employment, and I know that there's a difference in how uh, some smaller cities were trained. We. You know, we have lateral movement around the country, but every department does not take any officer. We look at your type of training, what kind of academy you went to, is it equivalent to ours? Um, so, but it makes sense though, because right. when you think about it, um, if you're talking about a small city or a small town versus a big city, it most of the people will have an ongoing knowledgeable relationship with the people in town versus them knowing everybody in the bigger city you know so so it, it makes sense now now that you put it in that that perspective so let me ask you how did you feel about when when these once in a while probably, Every few often, there is a national story, and we can name. I'm not one of those people that runs out of names. If you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, when you do that, and then the next time you're in contact with us, the officers that work around you, or just when you see an officer, how does that affect how you look at us, or does it affect? Um. I have my own perspective on on, on police 
policemen. Uh, so it doesn't take a national situation <laughs> for me to already have a, the feeling that I have. But what, you know, what's that feeling then? Um, the same thing that I've already spoke on. Fear. Uh, I have to be all the way together. Um, very, very rare. You know, right. uh, very rare that they're gonna give a break to me. So if if so, what do you think about black? Do you think there's a difference if you see a black person in a uniform, or what do you think about black officers in those situations? Just friend, whatever, however you want to answer. All right, yeah, I'm, I'm about to answer it the way I think. Um, now, to this point, well, I've encountered different policemen or police officers in different situations. When I was in the wrong, when I wasn't in the wrong, um, when I was younger, when I, since I've been older. Um, I I believe when I've encountered a black policeman uh, by themselves, most of the time they're a little more uh, they have a little more empathy. Okay. Now when they're with uh, another officer, sometimes it can be different. Okay. All right. Uh, but that's and what about me what what about when you see a black supervisor is that you think that's any different because because you know sometimes people go man you know i i called for a sergeant you came but then now you still agreeing with them as if since i'm the black sergeant i'm gonna reverse everything that was going on well when you're talking about blacks and black and black community Mm -hmm. the thing is of course our people do look for favor, regardless of what situation it is. And if nothing else, they would definitely expect, expect, and that's a tough word to sit on, but it is what it is. They expect favor definitely from our own. And they should at least have a little, expect a little bit more understanding. That's, that's just human nature. Yeah, I should be able to understand, but but is it? I may not have come from. Think about me. I was I grew up in the inner city my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, but every black sergeant didn't. Every black officer didn't. Right, right, and you that's know? understood. But even though we we escaped talking about it, but I'm gonna put it out there. Um, there is a such thing and it is not like I'm talking down on it. It is a such thing as white privilege. Mm-hmm. And so when you as a, or us as black people know that that's the case, like, oh, when this person gets pulled over, more than likely they don't get treated in the same manner. Right. Then of course, when the back end comes and, and we're pulled over or we're spoke to by our own race um, in these situations, of course, we're going to be yeah. looking for favor. Well, and man, and I'll tell you this, uh, 
we're going to bring this conversation to a close, but there's so many more things that we need to talk about. So I'm going to have you back. Uh, I'm going to just bring this one closer because we didn't even touch on a whole lot of stuff. I know people, so many people want to comment on some things, leave some comments. Uh, you know, I'm having back again, but we're going to, uh, you know, continue this conversation. I just have to bring this one to a close. So again, this is G Michael for the record, black police officer respectives. Thanks for listening. Be safe.